Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Today's reading is from Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities, that have been devastated for generations. Hi Central Services, we have a special Sunday today, whether you're part of the Covent Garden service, the morning Central Service, of course we're meeting together at the moment and we're stepping out of our sermon series to do a Sunday where we're particularly looking at what's important for our services right now. It's been an odd few weeks, I think, uh, the upsides for me, I know for Philippa too, has just been getting to meet in person. And for those of us that have been able to do it, it has been simply wonderful. Wonderful to stand together in God's presence as we've worshipped. Fantastic to pray and hear live preaching. Opportunities sometimes to actually get to, to talk, to engage with one another. We've sensed, easy to sense, the excitement, the frisson as we have been back together again, we have absolutely loved it. I hope if you've not been able to join us in person, but you've started uh, joining the, the Zoom and then the online streaming, that that's been real benefit to you. I hope it, it's helped you feel uh, more part of things and part of the service. Of course, if church at home is the thing that's working for you, well then we're delighted. Uh, whatever works and wherever you feel safest right now is good with us. We're just thrilled to be together. At the same time, of course, as we come into the Peacock Theatre, many of us, uh, it is just odd to be in the city centre. Uh, commentators have been talking about the hollowing out of the global city centres during this pandemic. These are the places that have probably been impacted negatively more than any others. Uh, the economy has been deeply challenged. Of course, the retail, the shops, uh, our people are not going into those so much, they're spending online. The theatres are, are dark, they're closed, the restaurants are half empty, the hotels even more so. Uh, people nervous about travel, particularly on public transport and so on and so forth. It's a tricky time. Uh, one friend of mine described it like uh, uh, life in the city centre on a bank holiday afternoon where everyone's normally in the parks or they've left the city for the weekend. Well, it, it just feels like that a lot of the time. 
And yet, of course, as we've started to gather, we've not only wanted to strengthen the church, but start to think about what it means to rebuild the city. And I've been trying to think as I've prepared for sharing this with you, what are the appropriate passages? What are the passages in the scriptures that talk of times like this? And my mind went to the passage that we heard earlier from Isaiah 61. It's a deep favourite of Philip and mine. In fact, we had it read at our wedding and we've been thinking about it, meditating on it ever since. And uh, it's not exactly clear when it was written. Uh, it may have been several hundred years before the moment uh, that I want to think about today, which is when the exiles leave the power of Babylon, this power that's oppressed them and shaped them, uh, a bit like a pandemic for many years and generations. And they come back to their city. They come back to Jerusalem and it is a mess. The walls are down and dismantled. The gates are hanging off their gateposts. The temple and the epicentre of the city where God's presence is meant to dwell has been, uh, has been uh, on fire, has been raised to the ground. And it's at this point that Isaiah is speaking. And as I said, it may have, he may have spoken this 200 years before. In other words, they would have then seen its prophetic relevance. It may be actually that these words were spoken as they, go, as they went back. And they would have understood its particular message then. Either way, of course, we must remember that Jesus took up these very words himself in Luke chapter 4 and he uh, said that these are now being fulfilled by my ministry. And of course, now as the body of Christ on earth, we inherit these verses and they apply to us and we're to live them out as well. And I want to uh, just share three very simple lessons from these verses, which I think really matter for us as two services together in the centre of the city right now. And the first is simply this. If we're to rebuild the city, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be many people wanting to revitalise the centre of the capital. What is it, therefore, we have to ask that will make us, uh, that gives us a unique contribution? What is it that will make us stand out? Well, there's only one answer to that, and it's the thing that Isaiah starts with. It's the power of the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Moses says previously, when asked to lead God's people, he says, I'll do it. But there's one condition. I need your presence. I won't go unless you give me your presence. And the prophet Zechariah, at a time similar to this, he says famously, not by power or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so as we've prayed and as we've thought, we really sense that this is to be a time of the receiving of the Holy Spirit for our two services. And I want to encourage you to do that. It's always bad news when you or I can live the Christian life and live it without the Holy Spirit and it's just the same as it was. The presence of God should make our lives creative. There should be a spontaneity, a courage, an energy about it because the spirit is upon us. And when that seeps away, everything becomes lethargic. It's the same in church life, of course. That if we can do church just the same without the spirit as we can with the spirit, we're in trouble. The spirit should make things different. 
And it's why Isaiah, a few chapters earlier, has said to God's people, wake up. Wake up that a pandemic is not a time for sleepy lethargy, spiritually speaking. It's a time to be awake. It's a time to seek God. And I want to remind you today that it's one thing to have an experience of the Spirit, wonderful as that is. But it's another thing to live full of the Spirit. Live, if you like, in the power of the Spirit. This is a point Luke picks out as he describes Jesus going into the wilderness. He says Jesus goes into the wilderness full of the Spirit. But then after 40 days of prayer, of seeking God, of being saturated with the Spirit, we're told he comes out in the power of the Spirit. And I want to encourage us, central services, at this point in time, to seek God's Spirit, not for an experience, but for his power, for that sort of saturation, for being in his presence long enough to get thickly, deeply affected by his Spirit. One of the best parts of lockdown for me was getting to interview an old mentor, a Philip from mine, Jackie Pullinger, uh, who's ministered out in Hong Kong for many years. And she tells the story of 20 years into her ministry, everything starting to fall apart. Everyone started leaving her. She started wondering, what on earth have I done? What, you know, this, this hasn't gone anywhere. It, it resulted in deep hurt in her and then a journey to a church actually in the States where they were expert at praying and bringing healing and hope. And Jackie was only with them just a few days. Uh, just inside of a week, she said she had about 70 hours, seven zero hours of prayer during those few days. And it changed her. And she became saturated by the spirit. And she went back to Hong Kong. And she said that those that had strayed, those that had gone, started coming out of the woodwork, as it were, and finding her. And others started coming and miracles started happening. And soon she didn't just have the ministry back that she had, but there was a whole fresh impetus and fresh life and fresh growth in the whole thing. What had happened? Jackie Pullinger had become full again, deeply ingrained with the power of the Spirit. I want to encourage us to seek God for that sort of power, to draw from him during the worship, to look for opportunities for prayer that we would benefit from that and grow in the power of the Spirit. But it's not just the power of the Spirit that's important, but what the Spirit does. And we see this in the second half of verse 1 and then in verse 3, of the healing power of the Spirit. And Isaiah uses terms like the broken hearted getting healed, captives and prisoners being released. And these are very general terms. Almost any sort of suffering could be applied to them but the people of God had suffered in Babylon and they came back with a big task ahead of them in a bad way I don't know how you fared during the pandemic but my guess is that for many of us we have suffered in one way or another in August Philip and I got to go on holiday and after a few days break where we're starting to sort of uh, gain some energy again, I remember Philippa turning to me and saying, so how are you doing? And it stopped me in my tracks. It made me think and reflect on the previous months. And I realised that the emotional nerve ends, if you like, of my body felt frayed and on edge. 
And I, I don't have time for all the detail now, but that was one of the effects that the last few months and all the negative media and the concern and the challenge had had on me. And it took me some time slowing down during that summer month, spending time in God's presence, laughing with others and enjoying God's presence. And that and they were healing balms for me. I wonder whether it's the same for you. I wonder whether you need not just to be full of the Spirit right now, but to receive his healing touch. And those words that Isaiah speaks are for our bodies, they're for our emotions, they're for our minds, and they're for our spirits as well. And he's not just talking here about little bits of improvement, he's talking about deep change. I love the images that he uses. He talks about those who have been carrying grief and they've literally, they've put ashes on their head to signify their sadness and their broken heartedness. And he says that God takes them and not only does he take the ashes off them, but he puts a crown of beauty on them. So when somebody sees them, it's clearly everything's changed. Rather than looking dreadful and sorrowful, they suddenly look beautiful and fantastic. He talks about, instead of mourning, people being given the oil of joy. Of course, a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. And one of those wonderful things he does in our lives as we start to rejoice again. He talks about us losing the spirit of despair. It's got to have been a prevalent characteristic, hasn't it, of the pandemic. And being replaced with a garment of praise. Instead of feeling hopeless, our gaze is now focused on him. And we, as we focus on him we find that praise lifts in our hearts instead. My prayer for each of us is that we would know God's healing strength at this point in time, his energising power to continue to serve him well. And so we need to be full of the Spirit. We need to be open to receiving his healing grace. But thirdly, it then empowers us for rebuilding the city. And that's what Isaiah talks about in verse 4. He talks about rebuilding ancient ruins. He talks about restoring places that have been long devastated. And of course, this is very much part of our vision. It isn't just for a great church. It's also for a great city. And that seems to have been Isaiah's focus here. He's not just focused on renewing the people or renewing the city or renewing the temple. It just seems to be the whole lot. And it's our conviction that if we build a great church and for the glory of God, that is our desire, that it should shape a great city as it permeates out, as we're salt and light, as we should be. Now, the reality is that for some of us, our primary calling under God and with his grace is to build a great city. It may be that you're an artist and you know that your job is to Fill your space, your sector with creativity and with beauty and with truth. It may be that you're in business and you know right now that the biggest contribution that you can make to the city is to create fresh wealth, to create jobs, to provide employment. Thank you if you're doing those things. Maybe that you're a teacher going into school and you're educating the next generation and we all know how much Children have suffered from lack of education, many of them, over these last six months. And it may be that for you it's like, that's my primary calling right now. Well, we applaud those amongst us who know to build a great city 
with God's grace is my first calling. For others of us, our first calling is to build God's church. That, of course, is the case for me. That is what I've done full time for the rest of our staff. And for others of us as well, we know, know my primary contribution is to strengthen God's people, that they can shape other people's lives and shape the world. For many of us, probably the majority, we've got a, a foot in both courts. We're like, during our days, we're working to build the city. But then in our evenings and our weekends, that's our opportunity to build God's church. However it falls for you, the important thing is we have both in our hearts and we understand we'll never shape the city in ways that are good for it unless there's a great church at the heart of it. And so we look to do both as we look to rebuild things for the glory of God. But what I found fascinating too here is who does the building. It's not like Isaiah suggests there's a fresh a cohort of strong eager individuals already there no he says it's those that were captives it's those who were prisoners it's those who've been mourning who've been carrying a spirit of despair who now changed by the presence of God start to rebuild again it's a wonderful piece of good news that you and I to make a difference and a contribution to building the city and to build the church do not need a sparkling cv we don't need to have had a great six months. We just need to know the wonderful impact of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as we do that, we look back and we say, once we were prisoners, but now we're those who are here for others who are prisoners and so on and so forth. And we do it together. We do it together as a community. If we were to read the story of Nehemiah, then there's one time where some are guarding the wall and others are building the wall and they're working actually day and night. But each one knows they've got their contribution to make. And that will become evident too as the Holy Spirit's at work amongst us. But constantly Isaiah's saying it will be they, they, they. It's a plural thing. In other words, he's saying we're not interested here in a few superstars. As we read these few verses in Isaiah, there's not a single individual named other than the Lord. Rather, this is a community. So as we're given our job, build the church, build the city. As we're given the candidates for that, former prisoners, former captives, those who've been broken hearted. So we find that therefore that also God is forming a community. You know, one of the best ways of building relationships is doing something together. And it's been wonderful watching people from our two services, the Covent Garden service and the morning service, start to connect and get to know one another. And there's going to be opportunities for us all to do things together too, as we find ways and opportunities to serve the people of our city. And I want to encourage us to do that. Community is never a goal in itself. It's always there with great value, but it's always there to get a job done. And whenever you read about community in the scriptures, there's always a task or a mission. Uh, however far in the backdrop, it's always there. Because community actually thrives with love, care, affection and mission all together. And I'm excited about the way that that will all develop. And then, of course, the motivation for all of this has changed. 
and it's not for mankind. It's not to build, they've seen an amazing Babylon. It's not to create an amazing Jerusalem. They say it's for the display of his splendor. This is for the glory of God. And of course, that is our motivation as well. That as we receive the spirit, as we receive the spirit in worship, as we pray together, as we receive a deep healing work in our lives, as we grow as a community and find projects and ways of working together, so then we can go on for his glory to serve the city as well. I don't know what's in store for the next little while. I suspect there's going to be some challenging moments. But I want to encourage each of us right now, literally, the French out of which encourage comes, en courage, is to literally put courage in us. I believe that's what God wants for us at this point in time, is to receive courage, to look for the uh, the grace and the filling of his Holy Spirit, to allow that to provide healing in our lives as we then turn out. And whether it's our next door neighbours, whether it's our streets, our communities, or right in the heart of the city, we're looking for ways then to serve, to make a difference, all for God's glory. God bless you. Let's, uh, why don't we stand where we are? If you're at home now, uh, I'd invite you to stand. Uh, if you'd prefer, sit. But I'd just like to pray. And I'd like to invite God's Spirit to come and to bless us as we start to think about where God takes us from here. I'll give you a moment just to still your heart or put things down, whatever it is that you need to do. Now, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have been working since the beginning of time. And we thank you that Isaiah foresaw the time where Jesus would come drenched with the Spirit to release captives and where we are now called to do the same. And so we ask Holy Spirit, come upon us in the name of Jesus. I pray you would fill us and we open our lives to you. We recognise you as our Lord. We say where we're dirty, where we're in need, would you come and clean us? But Holy Spirit, come now. Come upon us. Come upon us from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, to the very recesses of who we are to the very depths of our heart that deep might call to deep. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I want to ask Holy Spirit too that you would start to heal those of us who've been deeply and negatively affected by the pandemic. It may be, of course, that we are sick. And if so, I pray now Jesus, would you heal? Would you heal bodies in the name of Jesus? Would you strengthen limbs and muscles and lungs? I want to pray too that you would heal hearts. I pray that your spirit would blow with expectation and with hope. I pray that you'd free people right now from the spirit of despair, that you would break that off them. And that they would sense rather, they would know the garment of praise upon them. I want to ask too, for new expectation and vision. Thank you that your people have always been used to bring about hope in darkness. And the rebuilding of ruins. 
And I want to ask now for your grace that people would know that, that we would know that with fresh vision as you draw us together. We pray it all, Holy Spirit, in your name. I want to encourage you if you're at home and you can just take a few minutes now as you feel the presence of God on you, just to linger in his presence. And sometimes we know what he's doing. Other times it's just good to be with him. It's like being with a friend. It's just enjoying his company. Well, just as the Holy Spirit is resting upon us right now, I want to encourage you. Don't rush on from this minute. Enjoy his presence. Let that seep deeply inside you. And we're excited about where God will take us as we're full of his spirit allowing him to work that healing in our lives and then equipping us to serve our city. God bless you. Can't wait to be together again. But in the meantime, please know our love, our care. And if there's anything we can do, don't hesitate to be in touch. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.